Welcome to Shahada Stories, the podcast. Shahada is the Muslim profession of faith. Each episode, we'll be sharing true stories of the circumstances that led up to everyday people of different faith backgrounds making the choice to become Muslims. We'll also be sharing the stories of people who have always been Muslim, but who experienced challenging moments that led them to renewing their faith. I am Hannah Hassan, and Shahada Stories is my passion project. I'll be joined each episode by my husband, Jamal, to help bring these stories to life. Let's get started. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. It is me, Hannah. And me, Jamal. And we're coming at you for episode five of Shahada Stories. Zanko. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, (laughs) thank you for joining us. Uh, We're really, really enjoying this holy month of Ramadan. I found myself getting kind of sad today because we're... We're we're rounding about the end. This is our last ten days, like, and it's just it, it made me like really reflective and just a little sad that that Ramadan is almost coming to an end yet again. You know, I'm a Ramadan veteran. This is like another tour of duty for me. You know, I just feel like alhamdulillah, I feel grateful to be blessed enough to see another Ramadan, but. You know, I just I just enjoy it for as long as it lasts. And then when it leaves, it's like a good friend. You say goodbye and then you wait to see him again next time. But saying goodbye is never easy. It's never fun. I don't do well with endings. I'm a little sad and sentimental. You know, it's just it's hard for me. You know, I understand what you're saying. But I mean, me personally, I squeeze all the blessings out I can in this month. And by the time, you know, Ramadan ends, I'm so ready for Eid that, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm just ready for the next big thing to come around. And I'm I'm cool with it. I enjoy my period of Ramadan. And then when it goes, I'm like, so long, old friend, till we meet again next year. Inshallah. I think that's part of the thing that, that makes me sad is that it's ending and you don't know if you're going to meet it again next year. You know, we don't know who will be here. So just got to make the best of it and um, really try to get the best out of these last nights, Um, especially if any of you are, you know, staying up late and and worshiping in your home or in the masjid and you're looking for um, inspiration to pull from. Like, I think these Shahada stories might be good for that uh, during those last 10 nights. Don't you think so, Jamal? Yes, I totally agree. I hope that it's been something that you could listen to during the holy month of Ramadan. And hopefully these have brought you, uh, these stories have brought you some joy. And, you know, it's not just uh, time that you spent sitting around listening to Vane talk. Hopefully this has been something that's been a blessing for you. And may Allah reward everyone who has listened to our podcast. Yes, so with that said, I think we're going to go ahead and jump into the two stories for tonight. As always, um, please listen to the entire show so you get to hear our commentary and um, sort of the history behind each story. We wanted to do sort of like some relationship stories tonight. So not necessarily like deep, deep love stories, but some that involve like relationships and what happens when you become Muslim. So um, let's jump right on into it. Family Ties My Nana was sweet with the side of sassy. She was big on love and brutally honest. 
One part of her was a youthful, edgy northerner. The other part was a southern, strict grandma. For example, when I got my nose pierced, she pulled me close and said, Come here. She looked down at my face and slapped me right on the nose. Not like a hard, I'm disowning you slap, but more of a, I refuse to believe that you went out and put a hole in your nose kind of slap. She couldn't believe it was real. It hurt. She was disappointed. So when I had officially made the decision to become a Muslim, I couldn't stop thinking about her. I imagined going to her and telling her about my new religion and then her slapping me clear across the face, just like she did with that nose ring, but maybe this time a little harder. Let me go back and explain how I got to this whole Muslim thing in the first place. I don't think he had any intentions of being with me any more than I had intentions of being with him. I met Idris at a party. We were both college students. We went to different schools, but some of him and his friends had come on my campus to kick it that night. I saw him. He saw me. We talked in our friendship groups, and that was pretty much it. But soon thereafter, we became Facebook friends. We got to know each other casually through social media, and then we hung out a couple of times. It was nothing serious. We were really just friends. But then I started to like him. I could see that he was starting to feel me too. So one evening, I asked him the very important question. Do you go to church? He said, no. I said, um, okay, well, what do you mean you don't go to church? Have you ever been? He said, yep. At this point, I'm confused. So I was like, can you please help me out here? He said, well, I'm a Muslim. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, whatever that means. I had never met a Muslim before. I didn't know anything about them. I knew that I liked him and I didn't really see it as a deal breaker. So I thought to myself, okay, you can do your Muslim thing over there and I'll be Christian. It's no big deal. Apparently, what wasn't a big deal to me was to him. He stood me up a few times after that. He was distant. He told me that he was going to a family reunion once, and I found out later that it was an Islamic convention, which I now know that an Islamic convention is like the perfect place to meet your future wife. But something must have happened at that convention because when he came back, he was different. He started praying in front of me. We would discuss faith and our beliefs more. He'd ask me questions like, okay, explain the Trinity. And I would answer in the best way that I could, but I was realizing that while I had answers, many of them didn't make sense. And then I started on a mission to prove that I could be a really good Christian and he could be a really good Muslim and we could be great together. However, in order for me to know that he, what he was doing was what he was supposed to be doing, I needed to know what a Muslim was. So I started studying. The more I learned, the more I realized that Islam was for me. There were so many questions that I found answers to within the pages of the Quran. I am a common sense type person, 
And Islam is a common sense religion. It just connected and it felt right. I had no intention of being Muslim. I also had no intention of finding love at such a young age. But they both came to me and I knew what I had to do. Tell Nana. Idris and I were concerned with making sure that the family ties remained intact. Taking Shahada was scary for me because I knew that I was walking away from what was behind me straight to what was before me, which was Al-Islam, and eventually my future husband. I had to ask myself, what am I going to do if this is the end of my family as I know it? What is there to gain in the future? My parents were cool. They loved Idris and they could see the positive change that happened in my life. I had a very small extended family and I knew that ultimately they would support me. But Nana, I was so nervous. Finally, I picked up the phone and called my Nana and Grandpa to tell them the news. They both got on the phone. Well, she got on one phone and he got on another one in the same house, different rooms. I I told them both that I was going to become a Muslim. Grandpop said, well, do you still believe in God? I said, yes, of course. He said, well, as long as you believe in God, you're all right with me. And then there was a long, uncomfortable silence. Finally, Nana, she said, I saw it coming. And I will always love you no matter what. Shortly after my Shahada, Idris and I made the decision to get married. I would find out from his family that meeting me was one of the best things that had ever happened to him. They would say often that in a lot of ways we found Islam together. He had been born and raised as Muslim, but was living and acting outside of his Muslim character when we met. He knew that he couldn't share this beautiful faith with me and not open his life to living on the straight path as well. I know that I have family members and former friends who might always think that I only became Muslim because of Idris. They don't really know the innermost feelings in my heart. They don't understand my personal connection with Allah. They might not get that these five-time daily prayers have saved me in ways that I could never properly verbalize. They can't feel the deep love and admiration that I have for Muhammad the Prophet. Peace be upon him. They may never know that I dress modestly and fast during Ramadan and give in charity and I will, inshallah, eventually make Hajj for the pleasure of my Lord, not solely for the pleasure of my husband. They might not know that, and that's okay. Idris opened the door, but I walked in. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. All right, so we're just coming off of the episode Family Ties. Um, interesting. What Jamal, what, what were you just saying to me? Well, I was just saying to you that I couldn't imagine getting married at such a young age. And then I was like, wait, I did get married at such a young age. And then I was also saying that I just couldn't imagine getting married while in college. Like during that time when you're still kind of growing as a person. And... Then, like, finding, I guess, that one special person and saying, you know, I need to be with this person for the rest of my life. Like, 
It's just, wow, I could imagine being in that position. Especially if you're from another religion and you meet somebody who's not the same as you. And then, you know, all the other things that come along with that. It's just an amazing story. It is. Like, I I can't imagine knowing that I would have to possibly leave my life as I've known it. And thinking that there might be family members who might disown me, you know. And one thing that is important to note, especially for our um, non-Muslim listeners, is that Muslims strongly believe in keeping the ties of family and kinship close. Like, we, we don't believe in breaking ties of family unless you absolutely have to. Like, unless someone tells you, you know, tries to get you to turn against God. Um, so, it's 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 always a unique experience for American Muslims because nine times out of ten, most of your extended family is not Muslim, especially African-American Muslims and a lot of white American Muslims as well. And dealing with different family experiences can be crazy sometimes. Um, this is one thing that was interesting about this story to me. One thing I've all oftentimes noticed is that... Um, Sometimes people have difficulties with sharing that they were introduced to Islam from someone of the opposite sex who they were intimately, and I'm just talking emotional intimacy. I don't know the degree of, you know, what the relationship was, but they have a lot of trouble explaining that they were involved with someone of the opposite sex because they fear judgment. Um, But it happens all the time. Oftentimes, people meet people from, you know, who who maybe are Muslim, but they 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 fall for each other or whatever the case may be, and then they end up, you know, taking shahada. That doesn't mean that that person became Muslim for them. We also believe as Muslims that we don't make Muslims; Allah makes Muslims. That is correct. There is no compulsion in the religion, none at all. But this uh, story really does. Um, connect with me too because um, when I made my conversion or I converted to Islam um, I was kind of worried about you know where my family would be at in terms of you know acceptance and and, uh, to my new religion and to my new lifestyle and you know I was really worried about how things might change in terms of the dynamic of the relationships that we have Um, my mother and father were somewhat religious people not really you know necessarily i guess what you would say practicing like as christians but you know they had their belief sets and i know that uh, my grandmother my my nana as you would say um she was very religious very um involved in the church and not just in like her local church but at a larger level and you know i was really worried about you know like okay are they thinking i'm gonna do this is is it like it's a fad have i radicalized myself you know you have all these ideas like you know what are they gonna think what are they gonna say you know when i'm not around you know this is it's real difficult and i remember one of the most difficult things was like when i became muslim i had maybe i think a year or two into it i decided to change my name and specifically you know my last name into something that i felt like fit for me and i know that i was very worried about telling my father that you know hey your only son is gonna be changing his name from 
what your last name is until something until something new. And so, you know, at that point, I was the only boy. So it was like, OK, well, there may not be no more of us, you know, like that name might die right now with, you know, with my father, with no other you know, boys coming along. So I was really concerned about telling him, like, hey, like, not only am I, you know, going to be Muslim, but I'm going to be changing my name and I'm not going to have your last name anymore. And, you know, I was really scared to even, you know, come and talk to him about it, you know. But before I did, I did want to, you know, see what his opinion was. In my mind, it was already made up, but I still wanted to see, you know, how he felt. And alhamdulillah, you know, it didn't give me a hard time over He understood and, you know, he didn't, you know, say that, say anything that was derogatory or anything like that. And, you know, he understood why I was doing it. And, you know, he gave me his blessing, alhamdulillah. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, you when you're, when you're born and raised Muslim, it's hard to think about when someone actually, you know, comes into the dean, all of the experiences that they have. Um, it's, it takes a lot of courage to do what, what, you know, the person the story did what you've done, what many, many people have done. I think that I do want to do a story, though, about name changing. So if you're listening to this and uh, you've had to make you didn't have to, but you made the decision to change your name at some point. Uh, hit us up. Uh, I would love to get that story from you and share it with the people. All right. I think it's time to move on to the next story. Jamal, you ready? I am ready. All right, we're coming at you with story number two. Hang tight. The Reverend Reverts. I was raised in the South by a single mother. She worked really hard to try to keep me on the right path as a good young Christian man. My mom was pretty religious and she wanted me in church with her. When I was a teenager in the 90s, around the time X came out, there was a serious black power movement going on, and that was my scene. I remember I worked at a record store. There was this brother from the Nation of Islam that would come in there. I would talk to him um, about most everything, and he schooled me on a lot. He was a good guy. I felt really connected to him. So when I was 17, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Just like that, I was a father. And then, at seven months, that child, my firstborn son, was killed in a car accident. It really broke me apart. It was an extremely difficult time. The brother from the nation and some of the other brothers would come by my house every day, but my moms wouldn't let them in because they were Muslim. So they would sit outside every day and ask if I needed anything. Every day, yeah, that meant a lot. But anyway, moving forward, I married my girlfriend. We were both hurting and both trying to heal. I felt like I needed to get my life together. Our way of trying to salvage a bad marriage was to join the church. Before I knew it, I was preaching my trial sermon. Our marriage wouldn't last, but my career as a pastor would. As I began to get notoriety in the church as an up-and-coming youth pastor, I was advised by one of my elders not to date women from within the congregation 
because it might be a conflict of interest. Outside of the church, I found one of the most beautiful, conscious women that a brother could ever meet. Mm, Now y'all know I made her my wife. That was one of the most memorable times in my life because I was riding high. I was working really hard in our home church as a youth pastor and being vetted at every turn to take over a church in different parts of the country. Not to be arrogant or anything, but I was a real big deal. People knew me. The women in the church weren't that nice to my wife because, well, uh, (laughs) they were jealous. Everyone wanted to be on my team, and I was on top of the world. I was getting offers to pastor larger congregations in bigger cities throughout the country. There was one in particular in Maryland. They tried to get me to come up there, but I kept saying no. Now, in hindsight, I think I never really said yes to most of those offers because me and my wife both had questions about the church, um, about our beliefs that we weren't getting answered. Something just didn't feel right. So I was working for a major nonprofit that was run by the church. My family was living pretty large, nice home, nice car. And to top it off, I was up for a promotion. I went to meet with my head pastor, who was also my boss, to discuss this promotion. And things quickly went to the left. Just the two of us by ourselves in his office. And he propositioned me. Said if I wanted the job that he and I would, well, well, we would have to have relations. I went home, told my wife about the meeting, and we packed our entire house and left that night. This wasn't going to work, and we knew that we needed something else in our lives. We visited a church when we moved, but it still didn't feel like where we belonged. We walked out of that church and sat in the car and looked at each other like, what now? She said, let's go to the mosque. And after stopping for directions and getting lost and probably a little bit of nervousness and anxiety, we went to a mosque that same day. After our first visit, we got a Quran and it just made sense to us. It felt right. I'm pretty sure that my wife was ready to take her shahada that day. The sisters there were nice to her. She felt a sense of belonging that she had not felt in the church. But I was ready like she was. I wasn't ready like she was. The thing was this. Leaving a church meant leaving our means of livelihood. We lived well, and when I worked as a pastor, it wasn't just something that I was good at. It was my job, and the pay was good. It was all we had ever known. And then there was my mama. I couldn't imagine telling her that I left Christianity. But also, I couldn't imagine turning away from this new sense of truth and belonging I had found when I really stepped into Islam. So, we kept going to the mosque and the community at our new mosque was like family. They pulled us in and treated us like we belonged there from the moment we stepped in the door. And when we couldn't hide from our truth anymore, Me and my wife took our shahada together at the mosque right before the holy month of Ramadan. On a side note, if we would have understood that we were going to have to fast for 30 days after that, we might have waited another month. (laughs) I'm kidding, but it was difficult, but most definitely worth it. And eventually, my mom came around when she saw how happy we were. Alhamdulillah.
La ilaha illallah Muhammadan Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadan Rasulullah. La ilaha Muhammadan Rasulullah. All right, you guys, we just heard uh, the Reverend Reverts with Jamal. Jamal, that was pretty awesome. Thank you. I read it myself. (laughs) Good job. Um, So let me explain really quick for the viewing audience uh, the title of it. Um, uh, Jamal, I remember when you and I first started talking, I don't know if you remember this, But I kept referring to you as a revert. And you were like, why are you saying revert and not convert? Um, And you'll hear that sometimes with Muslims. And here's why. As Muslims, we believe... So, in Christianity, there's a belief that you're born into sin, right? We don't believe that as Muslims. We believe that you're born submitting. And... Islam is essentially submission to the will of God. So we believe that everyone is born Muslim and that what happens in their environment afterwards shapes who they become. So as opposed to converting to something, it's a revert as we see it because you're reverting back to what is your original nature. So that's why we called it the Reverend Reverts because there was this guy who, you know, was for all intents and purposes, a Christian pastor, reverend, whatever you want to call him, and, you know, was was struggling, essentially. He was having some internal struggles. I don't know if that's really conveyed as well as it could be in the... um, in the story, but there there were always these little things that would happen with him, especially um, when he got offered the big, big role in, in Baltimore. When he told me this story, he was telling me, like, this was like the job of a lifetime. Like, if he would have took that job, he would probably be like a mega church pastor right now. But he couldn't do it because something was pulling him away. So there's all these little things that have happened in his life that have led him up to Islam. And especially that begins with, you know, when he had the tragedy of losing his son and those Muslim brothers been there for him. He wasn't Muslim at the time, but he knew the character of Muslims because of the way those men treated him in his darkest hour. So... You know, I just, I found this story to be so interesting on so many different levels. What stood out to you, Jamal? I would, I would say it was probably, um, the beginning where uh, he was talking about, he married his girlfriend, um, at a young age, you know, thinking that they were going to be together and also trying to heal together as husband and wife, you know? And then finding out that, you know, just, you know, that that just didn't work out for them. They, you know, they weren't able to stick together. And, um, you know, I can relate to that, you know, with, uh, you know, just my experience and other experiences of people I know of, you know, trying to, I guess, come together, thinking that that's going to be the thing that, you know, not only brings y'all together, but, you know, solidifies you as people when, you know, this is not really for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, for me, the most interesting part was where he got, (laughs) uh, solicited by that, that other, that, that his boss, the other pastor, like, and the fact that they went and packed their house that night 
and was like, we're out of here. That was, and it's funny because when I was interviewing him, it was him and his wife together. And they were so interested in their dynamic back and forth. And when they were telling the story and they were, and he said, we went home and we packed and together they said that night. And they said they hit the road. They had to get out of there because he, he knew something didn't feel right for him in that space. So I thought that was one of the, the most interesting parts to me. But just overall, like um, they wanted to make sure that I did my due diligence in conveying in this story that it wasn't about turning their back on Christianity or anything like that. And And most of the time people try to make sure that I'm really clear in sharing that. And I hope that I am. This is not the point of Shahada stories is not to crap on Christians or other religions or anything like that. It's just the true life stories of how people find what they feel is their truth, you know? And so, you know, I'm letting you guys know that even though you don't necessarily know whose story this is, this story was not about leaving the church. It's about finding Islam. Um, I thought it was an amazing story. Uh, great job uh, with telling it, Jamal. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, you guys. Um, we're going to ask that you just stick around just for a moment so we can give some information about how you can stay connected to us. All right, family, friends, loved ones. That was um, Shahada Stories, uh, the podcast for episode five. We're so grateful that you uh, took the time to share time and space with us and, and listen to our stories. We hope that as Ramadan is wrapping up, that you are getting the most of this month and enjoying all of the blessings and the mercies and all the beautiful things that come along with it. If you have time, which you do, just take a moment, make sure that you go like our page on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Shahada Stories, S-H-A-H-A-D-A-H, S-T-O-R-I-E-S. Also, if you're interested in being interviewed for us to um, write your story, uh, we would love for you to contact us. Please don't think that your story isn't important. There's something, things that have happened in your life where your dean is concerned that have led up to the moment that you're in right now and there's somebody who can probably benefit from it and if it's not something that that like feels right to write for this type of thing i'll let you know but give us a shot email me at shahadastories at gmail.com s-h-a-h-a-d-a-h-s-t-o-r-i-e-s at gmail.com and just say um I would love to be interviewed and we'll follow up with you. Um, we're trying to make this a movement so that people can know and understand the stories of Muslims um, here in America. It's our chance to uh, take our narrative back. So please make sure that you stay tuned in, that you subscribe. And on whatever platform that you're on listening to this, please, please give us a review. Give us five stars. Give us applause. There's different things on different platforms. But in order for us to be able to reach more people, um, we need to have that. So we would really appreciate if you would just take a moment to do that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, May Allah reward you for your fast and for your sacrifices during this Ramadan. And uh, we'll probably hear from us at least one more time before Ramadan is over, inshallah. But um, 
please share, please share, please share. Hit us up on social media. Let us know if you're listening. And thank you to the people who have already done that. All right. We'll, we'll be seeing you next episode. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.